This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. fans how you doing it's your boy john of the macri with you for another episode of the Knicks film school podcast our third episode this week because we actually um you know shit's going on what can i say there's news there's no basketball but there's news and uh to celebrate uh i i am so proud to introduce um my partner for this episode uh, because, well, listen, no, you got, you, not only you've gotten into several colleges, that's not the accomplishment, but you have picked a college. I can officially say, um, Chris Persianen, Fordham class of, hold on, let me do some quick math. 2024. Did I get that right? Yeah. Yeah. It is. Fordham class of 2024, um, which is approximately, uh, 57 years after I graduated from Fordham. Um, I, I don't even think they called it the, what is it? The Garabelli school of business? Garabelli. Garabelli. Okay. Garabelli school of business. Yeah. That's how long ago I went to Fordham. They didn't call it that. Um, the person was probably like, you know, still a student there. Um, and now it's named after him. Um, so <laughs> oh, man. you, so you picked a college, uh, you know, listen, that. the intern days are long gone. You're, you're. You know, you've graduated several times over and now, uh, you know, bigger and better things. You're killing it on SI.com um, with all Thank the next stuff. Thank you. Um, but we have important work to do today because we have a mailbag. Um, and the, the people wanted one. I will say this is the most <laughs> questions you would think that for a time when there are actually just like no basketball games being played and it's not the off season, like there's just nothing happening that there would be like questions like, ah, What's going on? Do you guys know? It's, no, there's like a lot of very good questions. I'm very excited to uh, get into this. Even with no live sports, we made some hires. And um, obviously there's questions that have to do with those. So, I mean, you know, what are your alternatives as a person sitting in the middle of this pandemic? You could like spend time with your family, but that sucks. So uh, best to think about the Knicks and then to email, uh, email us and tweet us uh, with questions. Much more productive use of time. Um, on that note, I guess let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it. What's our what's our first question? All right. So I had to only because you are the person that I am on this podcast with. This one went first. Um, oh, Joseph asked us on Twitter: Are we starting to appreciate that apparently Leon Rose moves in silence? <sighs> yes. Uh, uh-huh. Yes. No. So can I? Listen, can I defend my? Do I am I allowed to defend myself for a second? No, it's your podcast, and you're not allowed to defend yourself. Listen, you're you're running the show. I'm asking you for approval. Um, look, I 
I've I've been pro I've been pro Rose mostly all the way through. I was a little perturbed at first when he got hired. Not it has nothing to do with him. It has to do with the fact that he's not Masai Ujiri, and Masai Ujiri is the best in the business. I, I, pr- pr- okay, look. If Masai, was my, he was my dream because I didn't see Masai happening. Yeah, but if Presti is KD Masai or Barkley, let's use a '90s analogy since last dance just ended. If 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 Presti's Barkley, you know, Ujiri is Jordan for me. I, yeah, maybe no, that's I, unfair, I agree, but, but you know, and he would have cost. I something. also, I take Presti considering that. I don't remember someone running the Knicks that's not named Steve Mills. Like I just, besides Phil Jackson. Um, well, you take you know me I mean? like, for uh, that reason. I mean, that's not a good reason. But you get my point, though, right? It's like it would have been nice if they, if he showed a little patience and maybe you know saw if either of those opportunities would 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 present themselves or um, like uh, what happens with the Daryl Morey situation. His owner just went off the handle. But that's I, I'm I. I like the Leon Rose hire. I I've since had a lot of people reach out to me. I was talking to someone the other day who has a little bit more than knows Leon as I can't say the relationship, but let's just say knows him very well. Um, and is obviously biased and admitted that he was biased, but also said some things that really, um, just, it made me feel very comfortable. With, with what is going to come. And everybody always said he was going to move slowly. He was going to take his time. I just, you know, I, I still didn't see why he couldn't move Perry to a different role. That's all. But look, there's egg on my face. I'm the asshole now because he's bringing in. Good, <laughs> he's, he's bringing no, he's bringing in good people quietly. He is, no. And he's it, not making like, news about me, it. He doesn't care if, it's, if was, it gets out. I was uneasy. Like, I was unwilling to give an opinion on the hire. And then he hired Aller. And I'm like. Okay, first step, not awful. And then in between the Aller and Perrin hires, it clicked for me while watching The Last Dance that like basketball is not like uh, the New York thing means a lot more than I thought it did. I think Um, part of that was from, you know, some some audio bites I heard, you know, about certain young players wanting to come play in New York City. Um, Some some jerk put that on their podcast and uh (laughs) Um, it got me excited. So yeah, I, I kind of think that, um, I, I think, I think Leon's going to do great. Honestly, I think he knows the right people and like he's showing it so far and I just needed him to show it like a little bit. You know what I mean? Hey, look, he, I he showed it. And it's like now, now I'm like, okay, I he, he's doing things that are not like vomit inducing. Like the, these are smart things. Actually, these are outwardly smart things. I would say they're not even just like, like they're outwardly smart decisions. Like I'm going to, I'm going to support him i think you i know? I, still, I can't see myself going against anything he's done so far uh, no no i I, I just much in comparison to what's gonna happen in the next few months probably so well look mills when he was made president he brought in one guy he brought in perry and then perry brought in um some guys under him this is rose seemingly bringing in like uh, three different in all our um uh perrin and uh um, God, who's the guy they announced today? Dave, David Zanin. Thank, thank you. Frank Zanin. Frank Zanin. Frank? I think I thought it was Frank. Did I screw up? I think it's, I think it's Frank. Um, we should probably know the names of the freaking people that they, Frank, uh, Frank Zanin. Yeah, it was Frank Zanin. It was go. Frank. Okay. There we go. There um, we go. I think cause Jeremy, Oh, you know, it's David. No, it's there's the, the trainer, right? 
Oh, Zeno. Yeah, that's a different guy. Different. Okay, guy. no, different guy. Okay, no. <laughs> that's, okay. That, that's the name I got. That is the name that got mixed up in my head. All right, here we go. Next question. <laughs> yeah, keep going. We we've been told that we need to break down the front office. Uh, so, uh, in the aspects of what does it signal? Do we mean, is this going to be a draft and develop or a sign and trade or reduce and uh, exploit the reduced salary cap? Um, does this, and then, you know, uh, we also get asked as part of this question and some other questions that I kind of lumped into this one massive, cause you know, there were like eight that all asked things in here. Um, what direction do the hires kind of show we're going in? What does this mean for Allen Houston was something that got asked multiple times was how Allen Houston's uh, outlook is looking now. And does Rose, Perrin, Zanin and Aller and keeping Perry like does this kind of office show us anything in terms of Dolan or is this just like Rose and Dolan trusting Rose? Um, I think. Okay, let me try to hit on a couple of things. I think Dolan does trust Rose, but I also think he trusts Rose because I, I think from day one, um, keeping Allen Houston was a requirement, or maybe not an explicit requirement, but it was an implicit requirement. Um, I don't think Houston's going anywhere. Um, he's Dolan likes him. He there's no oh, so he'll be the next Mills. He'll be the no, guy. No, I, no matter but, what. Here's the difference, though. Steve Mills, like, I know he went to Princeton. I know he played basketball at Princeton. He was in, he was a business guy for a long time. And Alan Houston obviously had his playing career in the NBA, um, but also, you know, he's had the G League experience. Like, I, I would have been very upset if they gave him a real big position of power, but I had, I have no problem keeping him around. Um, right. But what I do want to say, and I, I, I think, I think it matters that there are multiple connections here with Scott Perry. Like what, like even uh, Jeremiah Jensen, who, if you're listening to this, um, I did a pod with him. I don't know when we're going to put this out, but the last pod and he knows Walt and he says, he thinks that uh, Walt's relationship with Perry was definitely a factor in this happening and him and him being someone that the Knicks hired. Um, yeah, there was that, it was, was it, uh, there was an overlap in Detroit who pointed out the overlap in this. So it was either Viv or Jeremy, Uh, Uh, one one of those two. But the one thing I do want to say though, and, and I don't, I don't want this to be taken the wrong way because it's clearly, um, Walt Perrin is a guy who his reputation precedes him as far as, um, I mean, just look at the evidence of the guys that he's drafted, like picking up Millsap in the second round and like, Taking Hayward, that was a great pick where he took him. I mean, Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, these guys speak for themselves. He clearly does right. his own work. He knows how to run a draft process. He knows how to and evaluate the reason, prospects. The reason they got Mitchell in in the first place is because well, of the too. So, but that okay. the but the specific reason is because of the relationship with the agent. And the one thing that is seems to be universally agreed upon is that Perrin knows everybody and has great relationships with everybody. And it specifically has great relationships. That sounds familiar with agents. And Oh, like I like, you know, you don't have to read too far between the lines (laughs) to see like, I still think that this is a move that can help them, you know, go, go after a name, even though Perrin is a draft guy. That's my take. Yeah. But also, like, how about this? 
guys have not wanted to come in here for workouts in the past. Apparently, that hasn't been a problem of late. But getting a guy who is able to pull workouts from guys that normally would not work out for you know the Jazz in several instances where they picked maybe lower than the guy was supposed to come, like he's able to get guys in. That's important. So I I. I don't think it means we're going to turn into like a draft and develop organization, but I think that it's great for just drafting competently. If that makes sense. Got it. Okay. Coaching next. Uh, B Hawkins asks any new coaching news. Pretty simple. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> yep. That, that's what I was expecting that exact answer, but have I, I ever, there's nothing else. There's, have, there's no coaching. News. Have I ever asked you to, who, who's your top pick right now? If you could have anybody. I, I think it was my first ever appearance on this podcast that I said, like, I'll never get off the Becky Hammond train. Okay. You still on it? I, I, I just like, I, I believe I see that going well. I could see that going well, especially say, you know, she played like guard, right? So say, say we wind up with like a, a guard in this lottery, you know, that, that would, I, I could see something happening there, like a young, exciting team being led by Becky Hammond who like in her first gig as a head coach wants to try something and tries like a explosive quick offense. And we have LaMelo darting passes all over. You know what I mean? Like I can see something, something cool going on if, if we get Hammond and development, you know, I just, I like, I like where she's coming from in terms of where she works right now and what she did before she worked for the Spurs, obviously being a very, very good player. I mean, it's a small league. Um, Walt Perrin, uh, the drill, uh, which they've, I guess they stole the name because they, I think he calls it the jazz 100. It's a drill where they basically make prospects, put up 103 pointers from like different angles. Um, he, uh, admits that he stole that from San Antonio. I forget who from the jazz organization used to work with the Spurs, but in general, the jazz organization is, somewhat influenced by San Antonio. So, you know, there's a connection there. Um, I, mm-hmm. Hey, listen, crazier shit has happened. Who knows? Um, all right. What's next? Tortured, but hopeful Knicks fan wants to know if these oh. recent FO additions uh, bode positively or negatively towards Mike Miller coaching the team next year. I <sighs> gut feeling Leon Rose, makes that call on his own. I don't think they, I don't think they have one iota of influence. Really? He doesn't even ask them. He doesn't even like, Hey, well, well no, I mean, I'm, I, I, I don't, think, what do you think about yeah, Tibbs? Everyone's saying Tibbs. Do we do Tibbs? And Walt's like, Oh, we could do Tibbs. And Rose is like, I kind of want to hire Tibbs and, and Perry's like, like, okay, then do it. And that's what happened. But like, what not, is, not even like a consultation, but like, what is Frank Zanin or, or Walt Perrin? gonna say about tom that like you know leon like leon rose knows knows tom thibodeau better than anyone else in basketball like that's that's i mean that's why i I think that's gonna be a leon rose call i just i do i don't know all right okay um this is kind of the part of the pod where we get into some more serious stuff um even if just briefly so daniel wants to know michael jordan peak popularity Frank Nelikina, who was better dressed. <laughs> oh, better dressed? Yeah, better dressed. No, it's a real it's a real question. This is some serious stuff. This is not a joke. This was not a Um 
Oh, wow. Um, I, yeah, no, I know. I know you're stumped because you want to say Frank real bad, but you don't want to do it because you don't want to anger people. So well, no, it's, I'm going to let you think for a little bit. Yeah, but this has nothing to do with basketball ability. This is just who dressed better. Um, but, oh, but you're telling me 90s Twitter isn't like 90s basketball Twitter isn't coming after you if you tell, if you choose Frank Nilakino. Oh, I don't, I don't give a shit. The one thing I will say is I was always partial to, um, and it, it's, it, it didn't, quite look the same on me because i'm five six in shoes and michael jordan is whatever he is but like i always preferred and still um, really honestly to this day like a baggier slack on my suits and jordan obviously was the the king of the the suits and generally like you look at his golf outfits like baggy slacks right. i just love the well, look of the, a pair the, of baggy the style now is the slim stuff you know people i know you know, it, but the, the no socks with the Tight, you know the pants and the so it's a whole different era of it is and i'm not it's not for me but at the same time i i could look at frank and be like that is as well dressed a man for modern times which i am not a part of those times obviously but i i can recognize it's like when i see a beautiful woman and i'm walking around my wife i can see the beautiful woman i can recognize the beautiful woman. my eyes don't stop working but it means nothing to me because I'm with my wife, just like this. I recognize Frank's fine dressed man, but it's not for me. That's all there is to it. Wow. Well said. This is life advice for you. Really? This well, is like screw the basketball. Like let's make this like a like a fashion and life guru podcast just going forward. Well, I think. you know, just I, I'll say two things. One Know what colors work with your skin tone. If you take that knowledge with you for the rest of your life, it will be valuable. And two, you know, you don't, you're going to get married someday, Chris. If you, if you just tell your wife like, oh, I don't even see other women. She's going to know you're full of shit. Don't do that. It's just, it's not, it's not what you want. And you're going to set yourself up for all kinds of, you know, it's, it's not good. Okay. Now we can move on. Okay. Thank you. Anytime. That's what I'm here for. Um, Josh. Come on. You can do it. if RJ Barrett should be on either of the all rookie teams. Uh, <laughs> um, c- considering at this point, we may play more regular season games. Uh, I don't know that I could even answer this as of what he's done right now. Yes, I think so. Um, second one though. I, I mean, everybody looks at or rookie differently. I think my, my people got pissed at me because I, essentially said that when Zach Lowe went, his, went on his podcast a month ago and um, s- like said that he would like RJ wasn't on one of his old rookie teams. I said that that was a defensible decision and people got mad at me, which is fine. You have every right to get mad. It, it just depends on what you value in the game. And like, you know, I don't know what the exact stat is, but like of 300 some odd players in the league this year who took, I, don't, I forget if it's like had a oh. certain usage or like took a certain amount of shot, whatever it and is. The, the efficiency was factored into something like that. Well, mm. no, but he's like bottom 10 in effective field goal percentage in some it's, it's a, it's a legit stat. And I wish I don't have it at the, my fingertips right now, but it's like, it's ugly. It's bad. Um, now granted, there are some yeah. other rookies around there um, with him. Um, I don't know off the top of my head, if any of those folks made Zach's or rookie teams, what I will say is that yes, he does make my second team. Um, because I don't think you could ignore a 19 year old kid coming into this organization with this spot. Oh yeah. And the fact that his fucking coach got fired after 22 games 
And like always, you know, never, ever, 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 ever once did he break in the locker room and get frustrated or get like, you know, uh, untoward. Like, is that the word towards one of the reporters or anything? It's like, right. A pros, pros, pro the entire year. And, and now he's talking about like soaking up the Jordan yeah, dog. And I'm just like, yes, give me more. And, and oh, just, oh, uh, great. And, and oh, by the way, he's one of, I've, um, God, I, I, this stat I should have, like, I forget it. It's, I think it's like points, rebounds and assists per game oh, uh, the, as a, as a teenage rookie. Yeah, yeah, it's him, LeBron, Mello and Doncic. So, you know, like, yes, he's making my, he's making one of my old rookie teams. There are some players where you're like, oh, well, you can see the talents there, but the production's not there. And it's like Barrett's like, okay, even if the efficiency is questionable, like there's some production, like Randall's doing the same thing. And some people are fine with that. So I don't, I, Barrett, you know, the one thing I'll say is like, you could tell from day one. I mean, it goes without saying, I feel like an idiot even having to say this, but like, yes, LeBron Doncic and even Mello. From day one, like, oh, wow, those guys are special. Those guys are going to be in MVP conversations at some point in their career. Like, R.J. Barrett is not that. But at the same time, just because his production did not come in the same form or fashion as those other guys, doesn't lessen the fact that the production was there. And it mattered. Yeah, it happened. Especially on this fucking roster with all of its issues. I know. I know. know. Anyway. Okay. Um, Joel John. Two players you'd like to see us draft if we draft in the top four, and then two players you'd like to see us draft if we fall anywhere from five to eight. Um. So basically, what's your big board? Yeah. And then like, <laughs> uh, uh, two two of the top four guys, and um, yeah, pretty much. I, so I can't give you my big board. What I can tell you is that my top three, in some order. I had Ball first, just because you know I've spoken on it. He's he has a special, he has one I, special ability, and it's a it's a good one. Um, uh, so he's number one. Uh, Killian Hayes and and uh, Anthony uh, Edwards, even though uh, Edwards, scared. I did it. What, what I did it a few days ago. Spencer convinced me a few days ago to just outwardly say that I have Hayes over Edwards. I, I've been scared. I did it though. I can't do it yet, and honestly, I haven't watched enough tape on either of the guys. I just I've watched enough on Edwards that he scares the crap out of me, and specifically scares the crap out of me on this team. Yeah, and g- given the re- amount of responsibility that we know he would have next year, and like it's just, it could get really bad and really ugly. Um, I forget about R.J. Barrett this year. Like you think you want to see ugly? watch Anthony Edwards next year on like a shitty Nick team. Um, so, but they're my top three in some order. (sighs) God, more and more. Okongwu, man. I I know it just doesn't on paper. It just doesn't make sense with Mitch, but like, you can't dude. that guy's gonna be good. Um, (laughs) he's going to be really good. Um, so yeah, he, I'd probably put him at four and then, um, two players. If we didn't move up, um, like if we if we fall and if yeah. we're anywhere from five to eight, who can you see us drafting? Who would you want a mix of that? Uh, Kyra Lewis and and um, Spencer Solmi, man. Uh, Poku, take the, take the chance. Okay, show some stones. Right. I I would probably you know two players in the top four. Give me Ball and Hayes, and from five to eight, 
Yeah, I'll go, you know, Poku one. I could see. Actually, I don't. I don't know. The question is, if I uh, two players, I could see the Knicks drafting from five to eight. So would the Knicks take Poku in that range? Maybe if if Perrin really. But I'm not sure. I, I you know Halliburton and Avdia are options in like eight to ten range, seven to ten range. I, maybe I like Avdia a lot. Um, I you know what I. Sh- I might still have people are off him lately. People yeah, I know. I might have Denny over Poku still. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I have to. I but it's like, and then the, you know, I can hear Spencer. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna try Denny, then why not just send it and just take because the shot? Because Denny's done it at a real in a real league, like a a, a a really good league, and he. I know the shot has not been there, um, and I know the free throw percentage is what it is, and that's. Those are like those are legit concerns. Like his his form is pretty, but like you know the numbers are what the numbers are. Right. Ugh. I wrote for SI that if you develop him right, I think you wind up with Gordon Hayward esque like production Oof, and impact. Dude, that's lofty. Um, like this year though, like this year in Boston. No, I I, I hear you. I don't. Um, I it, just in regards to Perrin, like, and again, just because I I just had the conversation a little while ago with him, um, like, people forget Rudy Gobert ahead of that draft. Like, th- there was a lot not to like about him, and um, Utah made the affirmative move to trade up with Denver to get that pick to take Gobert because they were like, and now granted, obviously the Knicks are going to be in a, a higher portion of the draft, but if they're bringing in Perrin to really and, well, and, they're going to have 27 and 38, too, you know? Yeah, but Poco's po- po- not – they're not – he's not falling. Oh, I'm just talking about, like, for for a, a Gobert-type player that, like, if there's issues, you know. Like, oh, a, tra- a trade-up maybe? Like, yeah, like, if they want to do 27 and 38 for what, like, 2023? Yeah, that's – so, and again, not to get too far off, off track, but if you – I think I retweeted it. Um, JB had, had a piece for uh, Daily Knicks that – um, Perrin was quoted as saying like from 15 to 40 in this draft, there's like a lot of fluctuation. So I think by that, if you take that logic and then go a step further, um, you, I, I, you could see there being an opportunity to trade those picks to maybe the early twenties, maybe even the late teens. But it seems in Perrin's opinion, at least that there's like a, a, a like a tier above that is maybe has separated itself which you know mm-hmm. looking at looking at draft boards now it's like i don't know, i kind of see that it makes sense to me right um all right all right let's move on we have four left on twitter and these are i'm not going to say rapid fire but you know that i think i think you just you share your thoughts and, and then we can get to the the emails um sure Jiggy, opinion on a roster of Lamelo, CP3, RJ, Carmelo, Mitch. Let me just let that settle in your brain for like two seconds, and Got then it. off the bench, Frank, Bullock, Knox, Harkless, and Gibson. I like that bench unit. I like the bench unit a lot, actually. And then you know, I'll I'll let you share your thoughts. What's the first unit again? Ball, Paul, 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 yeah, Paul, Paul, Barrett, Anthony, Mitch. I guess it would be. It could be, you know, it's just Lamelo and CP3 are both playing point guard, and then you have RJ and and then Carmelo and Mitch. Um, that's your lineup. Those are your starters. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know what we're giving up for CP3, but yeah, that's a good lineup. I like it. I'm down. Dot, you know, missing no, notable uh, missing people are Randall, Portis, 
Peyton Dotson. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's fine by me. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this like, huh, huh. No, um, I really do like bench unit and I like LaMelo and Chris Paul is not my, I think we go like draft and then Fred Van Vliet and then like some other people we'll get into in the emails and then trade for Chris Paul. But yeah. So right. I, I, that roster, I, I'd take it. I'd take it. I'd watch the team. I'd, I'd oh, I'd, oh, I'd, I'd, I'd turn it on. <laughs> all right, next. Chris Paul and LaMelo Ball share a court. Yeah. All right. Here we go. This one we had to get to. Andrew Claudio wants to know if you had the choice of one movie <laughs> whose release date has been pushed back to immediately become available on VOD, what would it be? Uh, Bernard spoiled this. Uh, it is indeed Black Widow. And um, I would pay. Hmm. 50 to see. Was, I, that's, the, that's the first number that popped into my head. Um, yes, I would I, pay. I, I would I, pay 50 American dollars to rent uh, Black Widow for two for, nights to see it right now. Two. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I honestly, yeah, I I'm bored, man. <laughs> um, that is right, the only movie two, that I would, that is, that I would pay $50 to rent though. That is coming out. I, in the next. I would also movie. pick, I like, I'm a very big star Wars, Marvel, you know, like action superhero things going on. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 18. So I like some, some, not necessarily drama is what I want to sit and watch. So Black Widow would probably be my pick also just because I've watched every Marvel movie and loved all of them. I don't see that changing. Giddy up. Alex Trataros, if the season returns, what lineups would you love to see the Knicks utilize? <laughs> I know. I know. You answer this with an essay or, you know, uh, so I, I think just some some player combos you'd want. Yeah, no. Um I know what I don't want to see. Um I think you could I think you could moth <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean mothball Honestly, yeah, fuck it. Mothball all of the vets. You've never in a million years had a better excuse to mothball the vets. They're not going to be into it. You're, they're going to be it's going to be in, What's that? Bullock, Ellington, all Bullock, Bullock, Ellington, uh, Gibbs, even Gibson. I, you know, play, like uh, well, Wooten, Wooten's hurt, so maybe we do play. I think we know. Wait, play. I think Wooten might be. I don't know what his recovery process was, but I, if I recall correctly, he was going to be potentially available for late in the year, like when when oh. the original injury happened. I'm talking about. Oh, I see. Right. Okay, maybe, yeah. So maybe he'd be if Wooten's good to go, that's my backup five. Give me a small ball bench lineup of like Frank, Trier, Dot, Knox, Wooten, and just like see what the hell happens because literally what reason do I have not to? Yeah, no, like literally, no vets. I don't know if if you're not on a rookie contract, like I, I don't want to see you. Sorry. And last Twitter question. Yes. Garden of Eaton. Where is your personal Francometer these days, Macri? As in, how confident do you feel Rose is, including Frank and his plans to build this team going forward? How confident do I think Rose is in including Frank in this team going forward? Um, I think he, I think he wants him back next year. Um, if you read the tea leaves, um, and what? Yeah, why wouldn't he? He had a good year. Like I know he didn't shoot it well, but he had a good year. And and twenty points and ten assists, like in one of the last games of the season, to then like deal him for probably not much after that would be a little, you know, like why sell on that if you can try to make something out of? I like, don't know. It wouldn't make sense to trade him now for me either. They're not gonna just toss him in a trade. Um, 
he doesn't want out by all indications. Like, yeah, I think Frank is going to be back next year. All right, let's get to email questions. Giddy up. Akiva Friedman. Mark Berman reported that LaMelo Ball's camp would try to steer him to New York. How would that work? It's not like LeVar could get into the secret location where the lottery is done, right? I love, I love that. Um, there, where there's a will, there's a way. Um, I mean, look, player, player workout chicanery has, I mean, there's a long storied history of this shit. Um, right here in New York. Um, I mean, go, if you want, go read, uh, your own Weitzman's uh, book tanking to the top. Um, it details how Porzingis faked being in a bathroom vomiting, like shortly before the draft, because he so desperately did not want, uh, to meet with the Sixers to work out for the Sixers and sure as shit, he fell past the Sixers and he got drafted by the Knicks. Um, this shit happens high up. There was a whole article that came out um, last week about Jason Tatum and his, you know, some chicanery that went on there um, in terms of like, I think it would work out with the Suns. Like this stuff could happen high up in the draft. There is, you know, there are power plays that go on. Um, you know, Steve Francis and is if, probably the most famous example, but yeah. If someone knows how to make a power play. Well, it's just like. In terms of. Whether it's, you know, getting the media to go one way or another or getting people's perceptions to go one way or another. But this is where LeVar Ball being an ass clown comes in handy for him because that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm I'm saying LeVar Ball is the guy. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, he's the guy to do this. You just use him. Any team that wants to reach out to LaMelo, send him instead and tell him, make him tell them how LaMelo is going to start at power forward where he can, you know, get his and get 30 shots up a game and just, just make LaVar go crazy on everyone until everyone wants out. You know, but that's an actual weapon of a, of a human being in LaVar Ball as a good. That said, you know, if the Knicks don't move up into the top four, like they're not, like Ball's not, someone's going to take him. Someone's going to call the bluff. So there's only so much he could do. Now, that's a different question of do they trade up? Um, Which, again, that's, yeah, that's a different question. All right, next. Anthony Chapman wants to know about the point guard situation. And he has a suggestion that he hasn't seen too much, which is Goran Dragic. I was about to say, it has to be Dragic. Team-controlled deal. He's going to be 34, but he says that he's not a bad alternative um, to, like, you know, 35-year-old or whatever, Chris Paul. You can sign Drogic for half the salary, get the veteran leadership. I don't know if it's the same veteran leadership. Yeah, he won't be elite like Chris Paul. Okay, there we go. But, you know, you have a team-controlled deal. Um, it's a vet. We're paying him. So as, as a reward for the money, we get to, you know, have some control on the deal. And we get shooting from a point guard. That This is who I was talking about earlier when I said I would want to draft a point guard. If we can't draft a point guard, then go after Fred Van Vliet. If we can't get Fred Van Vliet, then maybe like a Drogic and then Chris Paul. I, I would see Chris Paul on this team. I would just really rather us like win the lottery and pick LaMelo or Hayes. And that's uh, not likely, but that's what I would want. So if we're talking about what we want. Can I just say for the record, I've I've tweeted a lot about Fred Van Fleet. I've talked about Fred Van Fleet in this podcast. I wrote a whole newsletter on Fred Van Fleet. I don't think the Knicks are going to be in the market for Fred Van Fleet. And quite frankly, I don't even know if Fred Van Fleet is going to like be in the market for the Knicks. I just, there's something about it that that, I just I don't see that pairing happening, and that's li- not any. Nobody has said anything about this to me. This is completely even if we tell him like 
you can come get your shots up here and we'll blow out your contract. And you, you just think there's not even a, I just, I don't just, I don't, for, I don't ask me why it's a gut feeling. It's literally just a gut feeling. I just don't see it. Um, that said, you know, I can see, I can see Van Vliet's agent being like, well, we'll go to the Knicks if they fully max you. And if not, then you'd rather stay in Toronto anyway. Well, so he's or not, we'll go somewhere. You know? He's not getting anywhere close to the max. That's, that's not happening. It's about, that's what, sorry. I'm, they might, they might ask the Knicks for the max. And if the Knicks say no, then they just move on. Cause they didn't really want to come here anyway. Yeah. So. I, it, who knows? But I, I don't, I'll say this. I don't think Leon Rose is going to be, um, allow the Knicks to be like a pawn in that kind of game. Um, but who knows? Here, here's the thing I'll say about Dragic. Dra- Goran Dragic is really good. Um, and most importantly, can I get a can I get a yes or no? Yes or no? Do you trade for him? Yeah, obviously, realistic deal or not trade? Do you do you sign him to a like a real a realistic but still bloated one plus one? If if you know if you you, you didn't you you landed Abdia or you landed Okoro in the draft like you 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 don't have a point guard. Your starter is Frank unless you grab Dragic. Is do you do it? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I, I don't want to. I would have a much longer thing about Chris Paul, but I'm I'm slowly moving off the Chris Paul thing. Um, as I, I I'll say this: the age, and the, it's the assets and no, the money. it's it's the it's the I it's always been the assets, but it's not. Every time I've ever talked about Chris Paul, there's been a giant asterisk. With like, if the price is low enough, in theory, yeah, yeah, do yeah. you make the trade? I'm not even talking about that. That has never changed and it, it will never change. I'm just talking about from a theoretical perspective of like perfect world, right deal. Do you trade for him or not? Do the benefits outweigh the 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 costs? And the more confidence I'm gaining in the Knicks, what they're building behind the scenes, the less I feel it's necessary to trade for Paul. And that being said, for all we know- Paul is the leap. Yeah, right. Okay. No, but I'm just like, we still don't know, and we will not know probably for a while, how much import Rose and Perrin and all these guys place on having a true adult in the room, so to speak. Because he's the only one they're getting this summer. He's the only one. They're not getting anyone that comes close to that level. I don't care if you want to give me Fred Van Fleet, Dragic, whoever. It's not going to be Chris Paul in terms of his effect on an organization and a locker room and what they do on the court. It is a matter point point one point one percent chance to make the playoffs, the OKC Thunder. And I had them on my YouTube channel as finishing in the ninth seed. And I was told that was too high. And I did that almost on like a like a whim. Like I could see them finishing in the ninth seed. Listen, you were smart. A A lot of people were dumb and you were smart. Um, It's just and I still said no playoffs. Yeah. Um, well, ninth was pretty high. Okay. Um, we've gone on about that one for a while. Uh, let's keep going. Mark Ham. Yes. Would you rather have Ewing, Sheed, or Chandler to work with Mitch on his game on a regular basis? Are we, are we checking Sheed for substances before he walks into the practice facility? No. Uh, then Ewing. <laughs> okay. Um, and then which former Nick would you pick for RJ, Frank and Knox? And you know, you don't have, you don't have time to come up with the perfect answer, but no. just, Wait, who are the three RJ, Frank and Knox, RJ, RJ, Frank and Knox. Oh, Jesus. The guy, you know, unfortunately the guy that I would pick that first guy comes to my head for, uh, Knox and it's not because of playing style. It's just the guy, if I could have him spend time with any guy in Nick's history, someone that's no longer with us. And that's Anthony Mason. That's easy. Um, 
Frank, I, you know, Walt's a little bit, I don't want to be smirch Walt on this podcast, but he's a little bit, you know, he's a little past his prime. Um, so it wouldn't be him. I, I'm thinking, give me a half a sec on this one. Cause this, this is, um, I haven't, I have an answer, but it's kind of a technicality, but I have an answer. I have a random answer. It's a weird answer, but go ahead. This guy again, he didn't give a fuck. Uh, Chris Childs. Um, I would not mind Chris Childs spending a little time with uh, Frank Nelakina. Who's your Who's your guy for Frank? I was gonna say T Mac. Oh my god! What the fuck would they have in common? Come on, he's the greatest scorer who ever lived. Um, so, I, so what I'm saying is, give him a total. I feel like. Just make you know t- make T Mac make him go crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, listen. There's there's bounds of realism that even I have to exist in when when we talk about Frank Delacanto. Who was the third guy? RJ. Well, I'm, 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 I would I, I would tell T Mac give you know, me whether no. it's offensive moves. Uh, the third guy is RJ. Yeah, yeah RJ. give me T Mac for RJ. And again, I'm not saying RJ oh, okay. is that that type of offensive player, but oh oof, yeah, I'll I'll take that. I just theory. think Frank doesn't need. I was gonna. I don't think Frank needs like a single iota of defensive help from many former Nick point guards that I can think of right now or players that I can think of right now um, as yeah. much as he needs offensive help. And I was like, well, that was one pretty explosive scorer. But you know why I would love T-Mac for RJ? Because uh, T-Mac was on a lot of shitty teams and he, I think throughout his entire career had to balance like, when am I getting mine versus when am I going over the top to try to get these far, far, far less talented people involved. And hopefully RJ will have some talented teammates. But I think the thing that RJ struggled I know you're thinking about Knox right now. I know it. <laughs> Listen, I'm still on Knox Island. I, so sue me. I no, I me me too. I just think that like after seeing what we've seen from him, like it's yeah, I'm still I'm still there. It's just like I I I saw a tweet today. It might have been was it Brendan Campbell who was like, we need RJ to become that like MJ and Knox to become Scott Burrell. Even if RJ is not as good as Michael Jordan, like that kind of listen, these people, I, I like Brandon a lot. And I'm sure I, I don't know the context of this week, but like we got to stop throwing RJ in, in the same sentence as like these great players. I, and I, I'm, 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 that's, I'm sure people will give me shit for that, but He's not, it was because RJ talked about like uh, seeing the last dance and, and like soaking in lessons from inside. And that's wonderful. Let's all be happy if RJ Barrett has like an Andre Iguodala type career. Like that would be good. I know people don't want to hear that, but it's, I'm just saying. Um, so yeah, give me T Mac for RJ because he needs to, he needs to find a better balance between forcing it and, uh, and looking for his teammates. Um, okay. What's, what's right. next? Um, I'm going to pick Brendan's question. Okay. Because that that was actually what I had next up anyway. Um, okay. He says that in the current league, you know, hopes hopes you're doing well. Uh, loves the two episodes a week, and in the current league landscape, he says that you, to get to contention, you either get a generational talent and pair him with another all star and good role players, or you get several good all stars and surround them with role players. You know, so the first would be like your LeBron and Davis or Kawhi and George. Second option is like a Celtics, Sixers, Raptors, Nuggets type team build. Um, he says the first is obviously harder to do. Do you think that any of our current youngins project to this good all-star tier, or is it more likely that we have some decent role players down the line? Um, and he says that 
RJ has some elements of his game that are currently non-existent that would need to be pretty good for him to be an all-star, which I agree with. Yeah, I, I just... And Mitch is not that good either. Mitch is not a generational... So... I'm, and the good all-star tier, you know, he's asking if like are any of our guys project to like a AD, Paul George, Chris Middleton, like second. And so, I know that's a bit of a range from AD to Middleton, but like could we could we even turn RJ and Mitch into one of those is the question. Like, Or are we just going to have role players? If RJ Barrett gave you as much on the court as Chris Middleton, the Knicks, they should throw a fucking parade if that's the case. That would be... Such an incredible outcome because Chris Middleton, and I'm not even saying in the same way that Chris Middleton gives it to you, because Chris right. Middleton is one of the he's so efficient. Well, he's one of the most elite shooters in the league. His mid range game is it might be the most deadly mid range game in the league today, aside from Chris Paul himself. Um, like Chris Middleton is like is could he be the second best player on a championship team? We're gonna find out this year, maybe. Um, <laughs> Uh, but the point is, like, that would be g- awesome for RJ. Do I think RJ has a Chris Middleton ceiling? Yeah. Um, what's the likelihood he gets there? I don't know. 20, 25%? 30, 35? Mitch. Mitch, I'm far more confident that that guy is going to be something really special, but it's a different conversation because of the position that he plays and the fact that he's never going to be a, a Jokic and be um, Towns type. Um, like an, an, a, a guy basically you build your offense around. Like that's never going to be Mitch. I don't care how many step back threes he shoots in practice. That's just not, that's right. not his, that's not his destiny. Um, But yeah, I, I'm, I come to my head. If you ask me like, which one of those two guys is going to make an all-star team at some point in their career, I think both will, but I'd probably put my money on Mitch. Yeah. Just cause he, we see what will get him there. I think like, and I don't think he's too far off from being in a position. You know, like, I think the end of this season was when he was going to start wreaking some actual havoc and not just, like, having, like, every other game be good. If that makes sense. I, I'm i just, like, I can't wait to see where Mitch is this time next year. I'm, like... Ooh. Oh, Yeah. Well, I'm so excited if we get, I don't know who's going to be our starting point guard next year, but it's going to be someone who probably wasn't on the team last year and them throwing lob passes to Mitchell Robinson is something I'm excited for no matter who it is. It's just, Uh, I take that back. No, if Cole Anthony is our starting point guard, I'm not excited for Mitch lobs. Um, eh, Listen, I'm I'm sure Cole, listen, anybody who has a pulse behind the three point line is an improvement from what we had. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Um, Next up. Fritz Alcindor sent in uh, trading the pick if we're below five. So he says he has a handful of Knicks prime targets. If they can't get any of them, would you trade our pick for established players and other rosters? He thought about this scenario. We either have the sixth, seventh, or eighth pick, and we attach the 38th pick to it. Then 2021 Dallas, DSJ, and Kevin Knox. So lotto pick, 38. 2021 Dallas, okay. DSJ and Knox for your guy Bagley and Buddy Heald. Um, my, oh God. Uh, I I don't know why why do the, the Kings take that if they're screwed for money? I guess, and they need to get healed off. That's a that's a that's a both teams say no. Um, 
Yeah, that's what he said. And then we would pick Ramsey at 25 and grab Marcus Howard like the, on draft. Like they could. The It'd King, be like the point guard plan there. Yeah, the, the Kings wouldn't even, I mean, they'd hang up the phone on that deal. Um, they took Bagley over Doncic, and even though they know what Bagley's value is, you can't give up Bagley in a deal like that if you just took him over Doncic. And yeah. I know you should if it's the smart thing to do, but I don't even know if this is necessarily just, what you want to be doing here. So I'm just thinking about like from a Knicks perspective. I, I mean, I get God. I guess the Knicks would have to take that deal, huh? Um, I mean, look, it's a mood point, Sacramento. That's not a that's not a deal Sacramento considers. But like, I just right. I'm not. I'm not. It's not that I'm not a Buddy Hield fan. I'm not a, a fan of paying uh, Buddy Hield. I was going to say average of twenty. God, I know it's a descending contract, but the man's making twenty seven million dollars next year, and he's a shooting it's guard that that doesn't create and doesn't play defense. Um, so you know, not what I want to spend twenty seven million dollars on. Yeah, just throwing that out there. And Bagley, I mean, like, who the fuck knows what Bagley is? Um, yeah. So that's mm-hmm. a no, that's that's we could we can move on. Our final question is it uh, from from Larry the athlete. Okay, and I I left this one for last because this is actually a player I wanted to talk about too. So okay. this this opens up this road because we didn't get to him at all. Okay, after trading away Davis Bertans to clear space for Marcus Morris, only to have the Knicks swoop in and steal Morris, what will Greg Popovich's face look like when the Knicks sign Bertans this summer? <laughs> Um, I don't, well, I'll let you go first. You, you like Bertans? I, there's a scenario in which I see him here. Kind and, of. And what you number, know. what number is associated is, with that scenario, both in years and dollars? I'm really curious to see what you say. Well, first you have to, it's, you have to get Randall out of here first. You don't even. Dude, it's fine. Listen, if they need to move Randall, they'll move Randall. He shouldn't. It shouldn't be a factor in their conversations moving moving forward. But just Davis for Not true. Nah. How would, what is he gonna? Am I? What do you want me to do? Like, am I trying to sign him to a short term deal? Am I trying to lock him up? What? So Davis Bertans yeah, is, is our last question. All right, so we can spend a couple, yeah a couple of minutes on this. So Davis Bertans is twenty seven years old, proud Latvian, um, uh, six ten two twenty five. God, he's only been in the league for four years. It seems like he's been around longer than that, but obviously not the case. Um, notable, by the way, that his first three years in the league, he averaged four, six, and eight points a game. Um, and his last season in San Antonio started 12 of 76 games. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's his, and then last season, 15 points a game, um, 8.7 three-point attempts per game in 29 minutes of action. So I think that might translate to 10 for 36. And yes, it and does. that's why, that's why you watch the Washington wizards every once in a while, even when you're not a fan of them, because you get to see that happen. Like yeah. I, that offense was the defense was horrendous. And the offense was like fun. I mean, two assists for 36, um, obviously 42% from three, 42% from three, the previous year, actually 43% the previous season. Um, it's I I am I'm just not like okay, so who's not the sold? best what's that? Not sold? Well, who's the best movement shooter the league has seen over the last decade? It's I would have to say it's JJ Reddick in terms of 
movement shooting plus like um, I would never call JJ Redick a three and D guy, but he was always more than respectable on defense, and he obviously did other stuff on offense. That's why I wouldn't I wouldn't pigeonhole him as that. But like right. that guy, I think most teams in the league throughout JJ Redick's prime was were happy to pay him fifteen million dollars a year. I mean, hell, I think he might be making fifteen million dollars a year right now, um, or maybe might be twelve, whatever it is. Um, so. And that's like, that's even in this economic situation, like I, 13, this 13 next season and last okay. year as well. And he's how old? 35. Oh, he's not young. Um, I know. Yeah. That. 35. There you go. Okay. Um, Corver's 39, but Corver's on a min. Cause Corver's he, you know, don't Corver's ship. That's same. different. Um, so it's just like, so, like, the very best at what this player type can do is maybe worth $15 million a year. And that's if you have really properly al- allocated all of your money elsewhere on, like, good players that can help this player influence winning. I guess the reason that you'd feel comfortable overpaying him a little bit is there's not a team in the league who couldn't use Davis Bertans and wouldn't give you something decent to take him off your hands if you needed to move him or if you wanted to move him. Um, that mm-hmm. said, the fact that the Wizards held on to him through the All-Star or through the trade deadline when, I, I mean, I think their asking price, uh, if the rumors were true, were two first-round picks. Like, that's, like, you don't hold steady at an asking price of two firsts, even if, like, you're willing to go down a little bit from that if you're willing to let a guy walk for like a reasonable number. So to me, and that granted that all took place before the pandemic and before whatever's going to happen with the economics of the league, I still can't imagine Washington is going to let him get away for anything less than 15 and a year. And for at least three guaranteed years. And even that's probably going a little short. That's would you rather would you rather three for forty eight Bertans or Gallo? Wait, is that even oh Bertans? That's not, I I I, I oh, actually think so I, I I didn't know you were like I I thought you were like out out. Um no if I'm if I'm if you're forced I I might you might even get me to say that I'd rather have this is might sound insane you might even get me to say I'd rather have Bertans for three for forty eight than um than Van Fleet. Um, and I, and the Knicks need a Van Fleet more, but at the same time, if they draft a point guard, guess who that guy's best friend is going to be? Davis Batons. Um, it's going to make his life a hell of a lot easier along with, I'm going to say, I get, I give three to 48 with Batons. Like I I give three, three for 48 to Batons, like, like instantly. Like I don't, you don't even think about that. Um, because hmm. I, I just, I just see it working out. I, I think that the skill is there. And you can't like God. He doesn't like, need, we, like he like, doesn't need like any room to about get a Ellington shot and off. Bullock. Like we said about Ellington and Bullock, like yeah. or rather just about Ellington when he wasn't shooting well. Like that that ability doesn't disappear. You know, like Ellington's gonna pick it up at some point. We were saying at the beginning of the season, well, and it's he, like he did. Where did he finish the season at? Like it wasn't it was respectable. And he's old. Um. Yeah, he he finished at thirty five percent from three. Exactly. So he he like for ever for all Nick fans complaining about how awful Wayne uh, Wayne Ellington was and how just absolutely 
waste of time he was. He finishes a league average three point shooter this year, taking nothing but tough shots off movement in an offense where every time that dude was on the floor, everybody knew that the, they were going to try to get there. Him. Yeah. Um, 1.4 made attempts out of uh, 1.4 made shots out of four attempts per game per game. But per 36, I'm pretty sure I, if I had to guess, I would say Ellington was taken probably eight or nine per 36. Um, I'll grab it now per 36 minutes. Yeah. 9.2. He made 3.2. Going to per thirty six. So. Um, do I give? Yeah, I guess I give. I give Batons three for forty eight. I don't love it. First of all, Greg Popovich's face is horrified. Um, that was the question. How horrified is his face? So to answer the question directly. Uh, very, very, very horrified. Um, yeah, yeah. You know then, what? Can for- I just say one more thing about Batons? Like. Even if that's an overpay and even if you're even if you're like you know, why are the Knicks signing a guy that should be on a contender? Like that to me would represent and I know this is the world's lowest bar, but like that would represent to me a step forward in our thinking. Um <laughs> a guy that doesn't need the ball to stretch the floor, doesn't need the ball period, he's just you know, he's a positive whenever he's out there. Um, it just, yeah, that this, it, that is what you want. Maybe as much as it might not be exactly what you want, it's what you want. So yeah. And the, you know, the draft, the draft comes before free agency. I'm not, I'm not now NFL happens. So I got myself mixed up. No, NBA draft happens before free agency. NBA draft always happens before free agency. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so you, you know who you got in the draft going into free agency. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, well, do we sign Bertans? Cause what if. Or like, yeah. You know, what if we don't get a point guard in the draft? It's like, no, you know if you got a point guard in the draft or not. If you didn't, then maybe look for Van Vliet. But if you did, man, you want to? Oof, I'm, I'm, I'm just having, I'm having thoughts. Um, it, this, uh, here, here's how. I'll, here's what I'll close with. This could be a, this is, is going to be a really interesting. Whenever the off season gets here. And it's gonna be really interesting. I think this team is gonna look very different next year. And I have a question in regards to that. It's a bit of a sure, a bit of a bad, bad, bad bet that I'm that I'm almost willing to make. Take us home. Do I do I uh, do I sign my name saying that I will buy the jersey of who the Knicks like biggest acquisition? This whether it's a drafted player or a free agent. Do I? I'm building a bit of a mini jersey. I, I started a mini jersey collection. Do I? Do I say that whoever the Knicks' best pick is or or best signing or acquisition, I should I should get that jersey, or am I going to wind up wearing a Davis Bertans jersey? <laughs> I'm not wearing a Davis Bertans jersey. Um, I mean, listen, you're making all the, the, the SI cash is rolling in for you, so you know you have a little money to throw around now. Um, eh, I would. I would feel comfortable if I was a fan that bought jerseys because I don't buy jerseys. I, I would. Get this a, is really just a, this is a sneaky way of asking you if I think the Knicks are going to get someone worth putting a, their last name on the back of my, you know, on my back. You know what I mean? Like, are are this is my move, sneaky way of if they of, move up to the top four? Yeah, I would. I would buy whoever whoever's jersey that is. Oh yeah, same. Okay, unless it's Wiseman, I won't. I won't support it.
There's there is zero. There's just zero chance they draft Wiseman. No, it's not happening. If it did, I, I, that 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 would be my exception. But it's not. There's no way. It, it's not. It's not gonna. Happen. And I think they don't draft a Kung Wu for the same reason, even though he's that much more appealing. I'll tell you this. Like I, I'd I rather have Wiseman than Toppin. I'll say that. Um, and I'd rather have a Kung Wu than Wiseman no, and the, Toppin. The answer so. is the answer is neither. Um, what do you? Uh, yeah, I, I feel a lot better about the chances of drafting a guy who's going to be like the right pick. Um, now that um, Walt is in tow. Um, yeah. Anyway. I agree. Oh, look at this. I'm, I'm scrolling through Twitter. JB just retweeted a daily Knicks article by Maxwell Ogden. I, I like Maxwell. He's a good guy. Um, saying New York Knicks should make Davis Bertans their top off season priority. There you go. Wow, and I, I I haven't touched my phone since we started this episode, and I you, you know I promise I promise I didn't steal it. I'm, I'm, I had the question lined up. Oh no, 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 you're, it was funny. You're a respectable. Uh, you're a respectable. Guy. I'm curious if he puts a number on it. Um, I don't need a lot of stats in here. Do you have a number on it? It's just thrilling listening. I'm sure for anybody at home. Um, oh yeah, just waiting for you to. No, he doesn't put a number on it. Come on, Maxwell, you can do better than that. He put a, put a number on it. Um, okay, that's it. Do we have anything else? We covered everything. No, I've, I've covered everything besides um, uh, follow me on Twitter. Oh yeah, tell, tell the folks at home you, where they if, can find you. If uh, Twitter at Chris Percy Einan. Um, I've just started a podcast. That's happening. It's a thing that's going on, and it's on Spotify, Apple Pods. We have a website, so that's linked on my Twitter. Um, it's me and another teenager reacting to the last dance. You know, we weren't alive when that stuff went on. We did episodes on that. And we're, we're also doing episodes on like the Bundesliga live sports going on right now, how COVID is affecting live sports and their return, you know, sports things, sports things (laughs) to a tolerable degree. It's called, you can find us on Apple pods, Spotify, or look us up online. Uh, we say that we always get on each other's nerves, but it's always to a tolerable degree. And that's where the name came from. Um, I love it. Uh, listen to Chris. He's going to he's gonna be far more famous than I ever will be uh, someday. So get, you know, about that one. Say you say you were in on the ground floor. Um, that's really, you know, that's that's what you want. That's, that's where you want to be. Um, Chris, thank you for taking so much time. Uh, good luck on your <laughs> good luck. I can't say this without laughing. Good luck on your AP exams, which how the how are you taking AP exams remotely? What the hell is that? They're, they'll do like 30 minute questions of like parts A through J for one question. You have 30 minutes to do it and then you have five minutes to submit your work, like submit a photo of it or something. Yeah, but and why can't like I sit in your house and take the exam for, or sit in my house and take the exam for you? No, yeah, that, no, that, that could happen. I mean, I'm not taking your exam for you. I don't know. What, what subject is this? Uh, statistics and macroeconomics. I have Thursday and Friday, two tests. Macroeconomics. Can you ask me, my wife is giving my kid a bath, so she's probably pissed that I'm meandering on, but can you give me like a macroeconomics question? Oh, man. Um, I mean, it, we're, it's, a, it's, it's a lot of graphs and like, uh, but I, you know, the basic concepts, that's something that 
You don't have like a book? What the hell? You said you're supposed to be studying. You don't have like an AP. It's in my locker. It's My my textbook's in my locker. I just look stuff up online, man. It's 2020. Get with the times. So ask me a sample. Um, You can ask me a sample. What uh, if I don't even, you know, we get like charts and such. Let let me think. The the questions are things where it's like um, a, a lot of people were put out of a job because of the 2008 financial crisis. What kind of unemployment was this? Shitty. <laughs> is that not that's not one of the choices? Um, the answer choices are like cyclical or frictional, or you know, there's um, fric- it's, friction. It's not. Um, is that? I, I would, I, it's not. I, I don't think it's cyclical. I would say it's it's is frictional the answer? No, frictional is like I'm gonna quit my job right now with the plans of getting a new one, so I'm like purposefully unemployed. That's frictional. Oh, yeah. Wow. Macroeconomics okay. lessons with Chris on the KFS pod. That is frictional unemployment. Listen, I, I'm, I'm excited about this for the next episode we do. Get all of your macroeconomic questions in um, for the next mailbag that we do. <laughs> and fashion. That too. Um, and, and marriage advice because we've, you know, we, we, all cover, right. we cover all the bases here. Okay, Chris, uh, you're the best. Uh, thank you, everybody at home. Um, as I say every week now, stay safe, stay inside, you know, do your part, the whole thing. And we will be uh, back with you with another episode uh, very soon. Mm-hmm.